Good afternoon, everyone. It is 12 o'clock here in Chicago, coming at you from the River North section of my, the wonderful city of Chicago. Just a quick mic check from everybody, just to get started. Uh, let me know how I'm coming across. Uh, today, it is uh, Thursday, the 22nd of September, 2022. Today, we're gonna be talking about scalping. What should you know? Uh, a reminder that everything I share here is my opinion. I want to also remind you that derivatives trading is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Just to lay the groundwork here as to why uh, I'm talking about this, uh, I'm going to start by explaining that uh, I started my career as a scalper, as, a, as an equity scalper trading products like JDSU and uh, Dell and Microsoft and others, uh, very high volume in equities. And then I switched after 9-11, switched to futures and was scalping futures in the Dow using the ES, NQ, uh, DAX, Eurostox and various other indices. I was an inter-product or cross-product scalper. Uh, and then I started a prop shop that uh, where uh, we were all scalpers. Essentially, I hired some of the people who, are, who uh, were trading with me in the futures and uh, I hired them on and uh, started a prop shop that's really strictly scalping, doing a ton of volume. So a typical day in full production, a typical day in scalping would be uh, approximately 6,000 sides or 3,000 round turns a day five, four to 500 trades sometimes. Uh, on busy days, it could go up. On other days, it could drop to 3,000 sides a day. So the point being that I know a little bit about the subject and uh, have done so professionally and I've backed traders who, a uh, room full of traders where this is all we did. So we're bringing the subject today because there's a lot of interest in scalping and we wanna make sure that you are aware of what that's all about. So let's get started. Here's what we're covering today. And here I come in. Do you all see me? Yeah, covering the, I'm covering the risk disclaimer um, conveniently. So what are we covering today? Today, we're going to start off, why is this here? Uh, we're going to uh, start off by talking about what is scalping. Let me just get rid of this. Uh, Mm, 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 mm. I'm seeing a logo here that I don't want. Here we go. This is a new software that we're using. Um, so what is, I'm going to define for you what scalping is. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of scalping, why we would want to scalp, um, how scalping has evolved over time, the mindset of a scalper, types of scalping setups, the reality of what scalping seems like versus what it really is and what you should know to have a chance at consistency. So we'll go over that. We'll talk about some scalping strategies that are often used. Uh, so we'll, we'll just dig right in. So define scalp, that, was, that went backwards. Uh, what is scalping? So scalping at a very rudimentary level really is taking advantage of short-term supply and demand imbalances to exploit a reaction. 
that's it. That's the webinar. Talk to you guys later. See you later. Um, no, uh, what is what does that mean? That seems very technical. Short term taking advantage of short term uh, supply and demand imbalances to exploit a reaction. Essentially, what scalping is is it's looking for micro or mini um, imbalances in the order flow or in the way the market is trading to to take advantage of very 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 short term uh, rotations or uh, or um, uh, the market when the market leans a certain way and, and some of the ways that that's being done you know just remember that uh, scalping is really trading in a very short time frame no technical uh, or fundamental analysis uh, I could tell you for years for probably my first uh, five or so years of my career we had charts, never looked at them, never used them, actually had no idea how to use it. Can you believe that I paid for a CQG integrated client at about $900 a month and didn't use it for my first two years of trading, three years of trading? Um, so it's, it's, uh, we just, it just didn't matter. We were basically exploiting little reactions in the order book. Uh, popular, what are the popular uh, scalping approaches? Um, so what the, the basic thing is you would often use, traders would often use uh, pivot, floor pivots, stock zone levels, stock zones or stock zone levels are levels that uh, I and others prepare at convergent trading where we expect a market reaction or some other support resistance, uh, support resistance areas. And the goal here is to um, exploit the initial reaction at those levels so you're looking for the market to go to a certain uh predefined area and to just respond immediately uh and you're looking for just you know three to five points something like that in the s p which comes out to about um 12 to 20 ticks and and that's it you're looking to do that many many different times uh other other uh, ways to scalp is to just use pure price patterns, um, price action and patterns, uh, short-term chart, maybe a, a, a 300 tick chart in the S&P or um, 600 volume chart or something like that. Very, very, very short term. And you look for an inverted head and shoulders in that, uh, in that uh, very short period and then you would exploit the movement that occurs from that because you know head and shoulders on a monthly weekly daily uh 60 minute 30 minute 15 minute five minute or a one minute they somewhat behave the same ways except as you go down in as as you go down in periodicity the there's a crunch because a tick is a tick a tick has can only go so far uh, a tick is a tick and so um, you know, on the monthly, you might have a head and shoulders that breaks and goes for 300 points, whereas on a tick chart or, or a one-minute chart, a head and shoulders break might go for six ticks, right? Um, so another way to look at this, uh, another approach to this is pure price action and using patterns, right? Megaphones, uh, head and shoulders, cup and saucer, uh, or cup and handle, uh, things like that, an M, a W. Um, the most common way to do this 
today is to use order flow imbalances. So that's where the footprint comes in and you're looking for uh, imbalances in how the market is positioned. We'll talk about this more because this is how I trade order flow. This is how I'm scalping order flow. When I am scalping, I'm looking for imbalances and I'll show you an example of that if the market cooperates. Uh, this is why we have these webinars at 1 p.m. Easterns because you're probably not trading, but the market's open so we can kind of see things in real time versus speaking about perfect, uh, pre-selected perfect charts to use. So um, the other one is intuitive DOM reactions to cross product correlations. So this is the way I traded equities, scalped equities. This is the way I scalped futures. So I was trading the Dow and we would have, uh, my screen would have a bunch of ladders on it, a bunch of DOMs on it. And it would have, you know, the NASDAQ on the far side. It would have the ES next. It would have the YM. It might have, the Russell didn't exist for very, for very long back then. But when the Russell did, we used that. We would have the Euro stocks, the DAX, and the FTSE. These were the major index products uh, at the time. And you push your space bar and it centers these DOMs. And then you can now monitor how these products are moving against each other. And depending on the correlation, and that correlation changes on a daily basis, depending on the correlation, we can take advantage of imbalances. So for example, the uh, DAX starts rallying, the Dow begins to rally, the ES has not, get long the ES, lift, lift, lift the ES, and then it, you should see an immediate reaction as soon as you lift in the same motion as you click to buy at the offer, as soon as you do that, you put orders to get out. So maybe five lots or 10 lots or whatever, and you take 20, 30, 40 lots right away. You'd get a fill and then you'd lay off 10, you know, 10 lots across multiple prices. As soon as you get a reaction and you get one or two fills, then you take those limit orders that you put up and you move them to where you think you're gonna be able to get a fill. Generally, that's governed by what the liquidity is of the order book, who's offered, who's bid, who's against you. And you really didn't pay attention to what um, the chart was saying. You didn't really care. I just, we see the DAX lifting. I see the Dow starting to lift, get, get long the ES. Hopefully the NASDAQ starts lifting and it carries you forward. And then you keep a runner on for when it goes away. But even a runner would last maybe 10 minutes. That's about it. Uh, that's what cross product correlation trading is. We used to do it in Brent versus crude um, and various other products. It's, it's still being done to this day. It's a very tough game because, and we'll talk about that in a minute, because things have changed. So uh, Landau, are we good on questions so far? Are you here? um here we go we uh we have a couple questions um you might get into this stuff though uh somebody asked would you use a stop limit order to catch these pops when you were referring to uh those 10 to 20 tick movements yeah you don't uh you're you're not using any strategy orders you're not using any oco orders this is purely um 
it's manual. It's 100% manual. Uh, a lot of times it's actually keyboard based. So a lot of times I would have my hand on my mouse and I still do this when I use Edge Pro X and I would have my hands on the control escape key or something like that and I'll just click to cancel orders or I would have um, control one to flatten all. I'd have control Q to flip a position, things like that. It was all done manually. You're not anticipating in order for me to use a stop limit order that means there's a level at which I want to trade but I'm not trading that way I'm simply reacting to what the order flow shows or what the market is doing okay um, so the next topic is pros and cons of being a scalper or a scalp trader pros so the thing you'll hear about when you go online and you look at various um, you look at various um, videos of different guys scalping the markets is how it's so quick, right? It's so quick and it's satisfying and, and so on and so forth. And the, the, the immediate yes, no nature of trading, of scalping, this is a, has a very strong pull for traders and it just looks so easy. Like if you watch a scalper, it's click, 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 click. Just looks so easy. The best example I can offer for this is um, watching how a goalie in a soccer or football game is, um, you know, in a in a in a uh, penalty kick. Uh, right in front of the goal, the distance between the, the ball and the goal is very short and they kick it hard. And the goalie has quite some territory to cover, but here they just jump and boom, their hand slaps the ball over the, the cross post. And it just, they make it look like a dance. But actually what happens, what has happened underneath to get the clarity to respond as soon as the ball is kicked because that's when the goalie has to respond is when the ball just before when the ball is kicked the position of the person's hips what part of their foot they're hitting it with the sound the ball makes the way the ball launches all of those are cues to get to the point where you're responding not only through vision mental processing and then signals being sent to your muscles to start moving in a certain way and for muscles to coordinate with each other how they move to end up slapping the ball and landing softly on your side it's beautiful it looks so easy but i'm going to tell you that that took a long time and a lot of repetition to do uh, which we'll talk about in a minute it takes a lot to be able to do that. And so what you see is somebody who's in their element um, doing it and um, it just seems so easy. And the fact that there are outcomes, there are ding, 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 ding. There's a lot of dopamine being pushed in, right? There's this satisfaction that comes from clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking. But in order to get there, we'll go over what's needed. I'll, I won't cover that now. Uh, one of the other pros, so you, the immediate yes, no nature, you don't have to wait very long. It's seconds to a minute, maybe two minutes for scalps to find out how things worked versus a structured trade, which may take 
an hour or two. You may sit forever, and it may go your way a long way, like it did for me yesterday on the FOMC, and then end up taking a stop and being down on the day, things like that, because I'm, I'm taking structured trades. Doesn't, that doesn't exist in scalping. It's very, very fast. The next piece is that you can be profitable, in my opinion, at a very low R factor, meaning that I can trade with a, let's call it a two-point stop in EES, trade for two-point target, and still be profitable with scalping uh, by having so many uh, opportunities, okay? So that's the other piece. So profitability can be achieved, in my opinion, with a very low R factor. Uh, if you don't know what an R factor is, let me know. The other pro for trading is that you get a large number of opportunities to get in alignment with the market and to even make a comeback. You can stage a comeback when you're a scalper because you just keep trading and trade as long as you haven't hit your risk. You can just keep trading and trading and trading and eventually our mind or our intuition starts to align itself with the market and we start to see. Contrast that with somebody who's trading, who's got one setup a day. If you have one setup a day, which is the opposite of a trader, uh, of a scalper, if you have one setup a day, it's very binary, right? I take my trade, you know, it did, it, it did X, Y, Z, therefore I got into a trade, it's one trade a day, I live or die by that trade for that day. And I live or die by 21 trades for the month. 252 trades a year. That's it. 252 trades in one day for a scalper are very, very possible. So what happens is you get these incre this incremental feedback and a lot of opportunities to compensate when you're having when you're on in alignment or trading in the zone or you're 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 uh, completely in the flow. Uh, you can really push that PNL and your costs um, by being a scalper. That's one of the key advantages to being a scalper is just a lot of samples, right? So, so again, like I talked about, contrast that with, one, with a trader who only takes one setup a day. If you're wrong, if that trader's wrong and they lose, there is no redemption that day. Whereas with scalping, there's always some other trade. There's always another tick, right? With a large number of trades, a trader has a has tons of opportunities to refine and work through issues. They can quickly see what is effective and what need needs work. Okay. Maybe I should try this. Oh, is this better? I think this is better. So let's move on. So the cons, the cons, the cons of trading. There's a just a tremendous degree of mental exertion. You're watching every tick. So your mind is in a fighter pilot race car driver mode for extended periods of time. So it's, it's very, very difficult to maintain that. You require a lot of endurance. So it's extremely taxing and it really, a lot of people don't have the mental capacity for that. Uh, and so you, you're watching every tick as a scalper, you're just watching every tick, every price change, every bid offer, every pull, every uh, flip, every, you're watching all of that. You have to keep watching it to stay in alignment because we're trading on flow. 
when we're scalping. We're not trading some setup. So uh, this is the biggest con, and 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 it has that has some consequences. The fact that we have to do that and we have to be operating at that level has some consequences. You must maintain a high win percent to overcome a one-to-one -one R factor. So if we are in fact trading with a two-point stop for two points on a short-term basis, um, in the ES, for example, we need to be in the 70% plus win rate uh, territory. We always push for much more than that, 78% plus, uh, to overcome the high costs of trading. Okay, we'll look at costs later. Emotional days are devastating. So I want to take a minute and really emphasize and re-emphasize and re-repeat. Maybe I shouldn't move my hands so much. Huh? Uh, and re-repeat um, what, uh, how, how important emotions are. So for most people, the biggest problems the biggest blocks to consistency, to profitability, in my experience, and there's just a lot of experience with various traders, including uh, independent online traders such as yourselves, uh, either through Convergent Trading, which is a company I co-founded, or EdgeClear, which is a brokerage that I own, and I see how I often hear the brokers talking about how uh, traders are trading and what we can do to help them. It's, it's, it's emotional control or emotional, um, emotional uh, stability. This is very hard. So what impacts emotions? Uh, FOMO trading is emotional. Uh, watching a trade go almost to your target and then coming back to break even, and then that forces you to close it um remove your stop or take a profit as soon as it turns back up that's just you reacting to an emotion it has nothing to do with the construct of the trade because it neither hits your target nor your stop not being able to see having a clarity and understanding what the market is likely to do and then once the market opens you're not able to see what the market is trying to do have you had that problem uh, many people have. I have on my rough, spot, uh, rough patches, which occur still from period to period after 22 years of trading. Uh, it's just a natural thing where it just seems like, what is this thing doing? How about um, making a plan to be long if the market does something? The market does it. You miss the trade and somehow you're looking for shorts. That's an emotional problem. Most of these issues are emotional. Now bring those emotional problems into scalping and what happens is we are now compounding, like tremendously compounding the impact of those emotions while we trade uh, because now we're, we're bringing that problem to many, many samples, to, to trades that are happening every few minutes. Uh, so. This is really, uh, this is really a, a big problem that emotional days are devastating. You come in, you didn't sleep well, maybe you went out last night, maybe you had an argument with your uh, significant other or partner, maybe your dog uh, wasn't behaving well, your pet's sick, your mom's sick, whatever. If you're a scalper, because we don't trade, uh, scalpers don't trade on an if-then-else kind of structure, 
uh, that emotional side impacts our intuition and it create the, the results are generally devastating as a result. It's just, it's really hard for someone in their own mind to see that their own mind is not operating properly. And so it's easy to lose control of those emotions, especially if there's fatigue. So scalping, I don't know who you ask, but myself and pretty much anybody who has worked for me or traded uh, around me that is a scalper, there's a huge imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, if you haven't had that term, is this idea that when things are working, then I feel like I got this. When they're not, you're questioning everything. You're questioning if you got lucky, if you even know what you're doing, if you're even capable, if you even deserve this. Um, that's imposter syndrome. It's, it's this feeling that uh, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just faking it. You're going to fake it till you make it. And there, a lot of that comes into trading when you're scalping or you're scalping without a plan. You know, uh, days when you are up are euphoric. Days when you are down are very, uh, very painful and devastating. And so you have this high emotional volatility. You cannot bring that into trading. Easy to churn and overtrade. Um, as everything looks like a signal, right? When I'm scalping and I'm scalping for ticks, what's a signal and what's not? When am I waiting? When am I not? Very difficult to discern what that is. Again, we're relying on intuition, kind of like the goalie catching or deflecting the ball. But if you ask the goalie, how did you know to jump and put your hand like this at that exact moment when the ball impacted it and went over the crossbar? They don't know. They don't know. No matter what the answer is, they don't know. Why? Because that's muscle memory. It's been pushed into intuition. Bring that into trading, uh, and, and it becomes a, a, it works well. I've traded on intuition. I've seen that the market wants to go higher before I even looked at a chart or even had a chart. I can see it uh, before it happens, but it's not always right. Intuition can be very, um, very de deceiving. The other problem with scalping, the other problem with scalping is you're battling the machines. There are systems, sophisticated systems, that are co-located in Aurora with the CME, uh, at the CME, um, next to the CME matching engine, and they are looking at things before they even show up on your screen. You know that 60 milliseconds of latency for when your screen is updating? Remember, this, the that the, the offer is flashed on the exchange. That offer goes through the exchange, through the exchange link connection, data link connection to a server. The server then turns around and multicasts it or sends it to your data feed. It shows up on your data feed, which has to go through an additional so many milliseconds, then it shows up, then you see it, then you react and then reverse that whole process. You're talking about, you know, three, 400 milliseconds. That's, that's half a second. Whereas the machine that's co-located saw it, did something with it and already finished that trade. Very tough to beat. And that's, we'll go over the history in a minute because I experienced that firsthand. Um, 
it's very tough to battle that. So you're battling with these machines. These machines are operating at a, uh, at a level where spoofing, flipping, and physical limitations work against traders all the time. I can sit here and flash orders and get enough filled to not cause any alarm while you're still looking at your screen trying to, trying to figure out what just happened. The speed with which our eye, eye can see something and our fingers can react are, is a physical limitation. The latency put us away, it would put us way behind where the real market actually is. So by the time you see it, the real market has actually just, you know, a, a third of a second or a tenth of a second ago is what you see, right? So there are physical limitations. The farther you are, imagine if you're Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Europe, and Croatia, you're you're talking about 240, 250 milliseconds at best on fast connections. And then there are biological limitations, which is when our mind is slower than it normally is, maybe we're over-caffeinated or whatever, uh, maybe we didn't sleep well. So those are all cons that work against us. And then, of course, the con is the capital requirement for scalping. So most people think, I'm going to go, there's not, no capital needed. Heck, I can go to some of these brokers open a micros account for $1,000, trade micros for $40 margins, nuts, don't do it, um, trade micros for $40 margins, and there isn't much capital required. I can just use my laptop, and sure, you can do that, you can call it scalping, but that's not scalping. That's not scalping, because good luck making on a $1.25 tick, I don't know what size you'll trade, but on a $1.25 tick, even if you traded 10 lots in the micros, on a $1.25 tick at your cost structure, call it a dollar, I know some of these brokers charge a dollar twenty uh, uh, per round trip on those uh, on the micro ES. You know, it would take a whole lot for you to be able to pay your rent in that environment. So you want to scalp real money. As a professional, you're looking at a $50,000 initial capital. You're looking at $2,000 uh, in a PC uh, and probably another $1,000 in other equipment, network, monitor equipment, and so on and so forth. You need a really good connection, a shared cable connection. I don't care if it's one gigabit per second. You're still sharing that cable connection. Probably has a high jitter reading, high jitter factor. It has a high ping rate and is variable, these are all uh, infrastructure problems that cannot be overcome. And if you're scalping against other scalpers, professional scalpers, you need to be at their level there at the very beginning, let alone just processing. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying there's a lot to overcome at that level, okay? So not trying to rain on your parade or anything. Let's talk about how scalping has evolved over time. Um, and more, let's touch on a couple questions real quick. Sure. Um, well, first of all, guys, we have about 400 people watching live. So if we could get you guys to at least 300 of you to smash the like button right now, it really helps us, uh, you know, connect with other traders and, and deliver this information, uh, on a, on a broader basis. So it's a low effort way to help out the channel. We really appreciate that. And we have a couple of people asking about um, kind of the consideration on the time in scalping. Like is a, is a trade that is five minutes or less, is that a scalp? Does time actually matter at all? Um, or what, it, how exactly would you define it? 
And then we have another uh, we have another question about scalping versus market making, and what are the differences there? Um, hit me with those questions again. I want to answer them in order. So the the time frame on scalping is a is a five minute trade. Is that always a scalp, or if your average time in a trade is five minutes, are you a scalper? Not necessarily. Um, I mean, a five minute trade in a NASDAQ is uh, maybe 40 points of range. <laughs> so uh, that could be seen as a swing trade. Uh, scalping is really about taking very small, a, a small amount of risk for a very small uh, amount of profit in a, with, a, with minimal exposure. And that minimal exposure, I mean, if you're telling me I'm scalping the two-year or the um, euro shots on Eurex where it's just like 3,000 contracts up and down the book. That scalp could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes to grab a tick or two, right? But if you tell me that I'm holding for 10 minutes in NASDAQ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you a, a, a day trader to almost an intraday swing trader. Um, so it's not really time. Uh, but, but look, some of these movements, which I'll look, I'll show you in a minute, some of these movements can go quite a ways in the S and P. You can get eight points in about two minutes. That's a scalp. A scalp is a not structured trade. A structured trade is think of it this way. A scalp is I'm seeing, Oh, uh, look, look at it. It's, it's hammering on the bid. It's not going down. It's not going down. I'm going to get long. It goes, it goes up. I'm out. That's a scalp. There is no technical analysis involved with scalping. Okay. Whereas a structured trade is okay. The market is trending down. I see that it's one time framing down. We keep making lower highs. We're not challenging the prior high. We're pushing into this level. It's pulling back to a significant resistance level, um, like 37.82 or whatever it is. Uh, and, and I get short with a stop that's three points and a target that's uh, six points and nine points. That's a structured trade. That's not a scalp. The second question you asked, Landau, is about what's the difference between a scalper and a market maker? A market maker is sanctioned by the exchange. A market maker is somebody who is actually obligated to make markets technically. So if there's an RFQ or a request for a quote, if the market has, doesn't have a bid or an offer and you're a market maker and you get an RFQ, you have, to, you have to bid the market or offer the market. You have to show the other side of the market. A market maker can be algorithmic, but you can be a scalper that's behaving like a market maker, which is a lot of what we did, but I wasn't making markets. I was simply scalping. So market making, in other words, market making is really um, has a specific function and specific requirements, obligations, uh, whereas scalping is just whatever. You know, I, I can just trade or not trade or I can change my time frame. I don't, I don't owe anybody anything. Okay. Any other questions, Lando? Yeah, um, they're asking, uh, what do you mean exactly by structure? So when you're saying a structure trade, what, what elements go into that? Let's look at that for a second. Uh, structure trade. So this software doesn't allow me to. So I'll point on here. A structured trade is this morning. Here's, here's yesterday's low. 
Here's today's open, 37.95.75, right? 37.95.75. We opened, pushed down, pretty weak push down. We pushed back up, closed our settlement. We tagged settlement from yesterday, and we fell off. I don't have much to go off of here yet. However, we push off. We are below yesterday's low, so we breached yesterday's low. We're below yesterday's low, and we pull back to VWAP, this dashed line, this full session VWAP. I'm looking to get short based on this leg down. I'm expecting the market to have a leg down, pull back and continue. That's the expectation. So if that's my expectation, then on the way up, I'm stalking to get short. I got to stop moving my hands in front of the camera. It's probably messing up the focus on the camera. Um, so I'm looking for a reaction at RTH VWAP right here. I'm looking for a reaction at RTH mid. I don't know which one of these. The market doesn't give me the privilege of knowing which one of these will hold. And I'm looking for a reaction at full session VWAP. Full session VWAP pushes through. I see exhaustion on the order flow. It gives me an opportunity to get in well below where, where the VWAP was, 93 or so. But still, it still gives me, this is the last frontier, this full session VWAP is basically the last frontier before we start pushing back through the open and my bias is neutral. So I'm looking for reaction here, too slow. It goes to 95, the VWAP's at 93 something, I'm in at 91. That's a structured trade. You're looking for a certain thing to happen on the chart, technically, using technical analysis to create a, to create a trade or to take a trade that has predefined risk and predefined reward, good R factor, and so on and so forth. Um, and so it's this is this would be a structured trade, a scalp trade. Let's look at this. A scalp trade is, I see exhaustion here, okay, and a pullback. But the pullback doesn't return, doesn't cause a pushback to this 37.76. Um, and, and so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then we finally lift. We finally lift. We have a big imbalance between buy and sell right up here. Maybe I don't get that. And then we have, again, a fight up here. So right here, there was a, probably an iceberg or something. Uh, that's why that volume was created there. The point of control of that bar is right at the top. It starts to, it starts to fall. I'm joint for, for no other reason than that. I'm seeing that there's a lot of buying continuation and in a very poor continuation in that direction. So we have good order flow. We have a fight at the top of the prior bar. We create a higher high by not much. And we have a fight at the top of the bar again. So I know sellers are coming in or they're offered. I'm going to look for the short somewhere in this 83 quarter, 83 even. I'm going to look for it to drop two points so I can scale out and maybe close the trade for four, a fixed target type of thing. Close the trade for four, so I'm looking for it to jump to 79 and a quarter, 79 even, something like that, and that trade is done. So there's no consideration for what is the trend, what's the moving average doing, any of that. It's really 
there's no uh, thinking about that process at all. We have a lot to cover, so I'm just going to keep running through here because I want to make sure you're well informed, okay, if, you're, if you want to scout. Anyway, uh, here's the history. When I joined this uh, whole scalping thing, there were tons, hundreds of trading floors, um, companies that had desks and computers and multi-monitor setups and stuff that were, that were all about scalping, that were all about scalping. And they were everywhere, you know, Geneva Trading, Austin Trading, Chopper, Jump was like that at the beginning and so on and so forth. There was just tons of it. And, um, and it was very profitable. Uh, you could practically print money doing this. And the way we were doing it is cross-product, like I, I described. It's cross-product correlations. You trade a bunch of products that are correlated with each other, and depending on how they move versus where they were, you would just trade across products. You used a lot of size to be able to do that. Um, and so there was a lot of that. Then co-location and high-frequency trading algos came into, the, came into the fray around late 2004, 2005. And you could see that it was a lot harder when you saw a move, it was a lot harder to catch it because it was not there. My eyes are seeing something that has already occurred in the past. So it really... Uh, made it difficult. And then the algos became sophisticated. So the algos started to, you could see that the algos are monitoring things that we know about now, like how the market is leaning, um, how, how, you know, how many people are um, long into strong resistance. Like as a scalper, I can see that it's printing, but I don't have a concept of has it moved up or down or what. Um, but an algo can tell that, you know, on a one or two or three standard deviation, here's what's normal and here's what's abnormal, and I'm going to trade against whatever's abnormal. So I could see, and I could see it in my own traders, that profitability was falling off a cliff in 2006, 2007. That's when I started to kind of cut back, uh, stopped hiring traders and so on. So... Uh, there was a lot of sophistication that came into the market with these co-located systems and, and they could read when the order imbalance was too far long or short and would squeeze. Um, this only exists on a short-term basis, right? So if you're trading structure, you don't really care. I would say probably thousands of traders became obsolete almost overnight. Entire shops were kind of empty overnight because it just became obvious that you can't trade the same way. The CME changed some of the rules a little bit. You couldn't see the counterparty, uh, the way the orders were reported. Uh, you couldn't see the demand side. You saw the fill side. So the order flow changed, the tape changed. Um, traders gain access, you know, since then, push to 2010, 11. Now there are products starting to come out that actually give an edge to inde independent traders in the form of order flow software, software analytics uh, that are accessible. You didn't need to pay $900 a month to get a good charting package, um, things like that. Like I never went back to CQG integrated client. There were just 
other options that were a lot cheaper and uh, and more effective in my opinion so that helped level the playing field a little bit and then and so you know and you have uh, software like bookmap jigsaw um edge pro x things like that where you can see a lot of the information that was only accessible at a much higher level Traders with scalp today are using some level of technical analysis. You have to move away from that one tick time frame. You have to move away because it's extremely hard to compete at that level. I mean, try, look at, look at the S&P, try to hit a bid, like just try this 83 lot right here. If you try to hit it at the moment when it's about to move, you'll never get that price. It's gone. You'll be either offered and you might get filled on the way back or whatever. It's just very, very difficult to do that. So that's the evolution of how scalping is. And this is why I discourage those who want to get into scalping from thinking that it's as simple as standing in front of uh, Ronaldo to block a free kick in the penalty box. You know, it's just like it might look easy for some professional goalie to do it, but you'll just get smashed. I'm going to segue for a minute to remind you that this is this this uh, this this um, session is offered by Convergent Trading. As I said, this is an, a community that I uh, started and co-founded uh, with a, just a tremendous team, including Landau, who's with us today, uh, for helping traders to trade professionally, become career professional traders. Uh, and it involves repetition and, and basically doing the grind together. If you're interested in considering conversion trading, I would welcome that. Uh, I would welcome for you to take a month and look at what's there, go through the Trade Right program and see how you're doing versus how we think you should do uh, to achieve the results you're looking to achieve. So go to ct.pro forward slash join. I will move on. The mindset of a scalper. So what are the key pieces in the mindset of a scalper? This is the key tool, the key uh, tool in your arsenal as a, as a trader, as a scalper is this. More than anything else, scalping requires the right mindset. So this involves really iron discipline. You cannot allow trades. You cannot have deer in a headlight type of reactions. You have to be absolutely disciplined about your routine, the way you're, you're set up. You should not be changing your charts or your setup at all. Um, and you're, you're very, very even keeled. You're not someone who's going to be smashing keyboards every five minutes. I've smashed a keyboard once. I didn't like it at all, and it hurt. Uh, but many of my traders would go through keyboards like once every few weeks, um, which is okay because it's better that than to keep that inside. Um, so really, a, a balanced temperament's really important. That's what causes your FOMO trading, your interfering with trades. All those errors cannot exist as a scalper. You just don't have the profit margin to be able to have errors come back and beat you up every time. Uh, to a scalper, every price matters. And this is, I, I listed it as a con earlier, you have to watch every single tick. You're really having to keep up with the game and watch every single tick. A scalper cannot have any discipline issues with taking stops. Risk is a live or die proposition. Must be very mentally agile. In other words, you don't have a bias. You don't care if it's long, short, if it's as long as it moves after you get in, 
it doesn't matter. You don't have an opinion on the market. You're not listening to macro podcasts. You're not interested in what anyone's opinion is. You're not watching anything that might set your opinion for the day. You're being absolutely nimble. A scalper doesn't care what happens beyond their trade. They aren't looking to, tr uh, to trading a trend or a swing. It doesn't matter. You're just looking for the small move. They don't care if it goes up or down as long as it moves. Types of scalping setups. So I'm going to talk about scalping setups here for a minute. Most fundamental approach to scalping exploits DOM liquidity. And we all know the liquidity on the ladder has been tainted over the years. So what a lot of traders would do is actually work orders up and down the order book. So they might have, you know, five lots or 10 lots at various prices, pretty random prices, uh, front running size or whatever, and they would get filled. And in, you know, the market doesn't just trade without news, the market doesn't just lift, 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 lift. It lifts and it pulls back and it lifts and it pulls back and it lifts and pulls back. And, and the most, the most fundamental, what is that little single cell creature that's the source of all biology? That's, that's what this is. It's working orders. As soon as you get filled, you put out, like I might get uh, uh, put out offers. So I might put out offers here. 79 quarter, 80, 80, 75, 81.75 or 81.50. As soon as I'm filled at the 79 quarter, I'm working 78.75. If it does not pull back, I might add at 80 quarter. But it, now I'm average at 79.75. Boom! I just I just close that trade for um, I just close that trade for a scratch. Then I'm gonna try again. 80.75. I'm gonna work the 80.75. Filled at 80.75. Throw out 37.80 and try to get filled that way. And that way, that's a very basic. Um, way to trade that's how a lot of my traders traded and you basically were just working your order book and that's why you had you know five six hundred trades a day you're just doing that all day long not recommended today you need liquidity you need a liquid product to be able to do that you need to be queued well so you're playing the game of being queued well that's the most basic strategy for scalping trading a virgin test of a level and grabbing a, a fill quickly while it coils and then reverses or continues. This is another strategy. So we're looking at the market testing a level very, very, uh, for the first time. Uh, let's look on our chart and see if we can expose that. Let's look at, so crude is still open. Crude is dead. <laughs> Russell, let's see what the Russell is doing. So Russell here, also not so great. Time of day is not, uh, not all that incredible. But the Russell has a few pretty good lifts here. Um, let's go back to the ES because that's the most familiar to everybody. Let's close the DOM for a minute. So we see, we've seen that the, the market today is respecting full session VWAP, full session VWAP, full session VWAP with some heat, right? 86.50 all the way to 89.75, down here, 80, uh, 86.75, down here at 86 quarter, all the way to 88.50 or so, 88.75, so that's two and a half points. So 
this is not a virgin test. But if the market was moving to a virgin test, generally, if that level has any significance, it will touch it and, and uh, execute at least half a rotation. Half a rotation in the S&P currently is three and a half points. And that's all I'm looking for. And I'm risking maybe two and a half, three points. Every time it touches a virgin level, I'm going to look to exploit that. Here's uh, an opportunity here. We have an IB low, this low right here. The first hour is low. We broke through. See that little tag right there? I'm going to exploit the first retest of the IB, which was support. Now expected to be resistance. I might exploit that. That's a 72. And then it moves to 67 or so before it stops me out right here at 73, 74, right? So that's, that's a, a, a very simple... Um, very common way to trade order uh, to trade a structure or support resistance uh, while scalping scalping the other way is pure order flow imbalances what you're looking for here is I didn't see this such an opportunity and I want to show you some live examples just so that let's close this well here potentially so see this 17 by 66 traded at 85.75. That level is probably not done. We're very, very likely to push that. Uh, but what we're looking for here is a situation where the market is pushing towards a level. And, and I don't have a very good example here. I don't see it on the chart. It's pushing towards a level and there's... Um, let's say it moves, let's say it moves down here to 76. And what we see is it's hitting the 76, it's hitting the 76, it's hitting the 76, but there's an iceberg there and it's filling, 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 filling. And everybody's anticipating people are hitting that iceberg, anticipating that that order will be done. The order to buy will be done and it'll flush. Uh, and oftentimes, depending on how it's responding, how that iceberg is responding, it starts to tick up. As soon as it ticks up, the, the play is to get long on the next tick. So you give up two ticks, you get long on the next tick, and everybody that was exploiting that iceberg, because now you have delta falling, you're hitting the bid, hitting the bid, hitting the bid, but it's not moving. There are weak, a lot of weak traders there, and so as soon as the market starts to push up these weak traders are going to puke them out they're going to be buyers you're already a buyer and you're selling to them that's an order flow imbalance so here did you see this i said that this is incomplete and it's likely to continue moving that's just reading the order flow it traded 1000 here it traded some of those thousand lots with a 398 lot right here 385 lifting it's uh oh no it's it actually lifted multiples 78 so 85 so it lifted multiples but it ended up uh, trading about 400 lots there this is very unusual for that to to be an end uh it's likely to continue and that's how i read it and that's so now it's continuing there's not a very good example here this is a decent example actually down here that 385 um imbalance so imbalances on the software if there's cell imbalance it's pink so the imbalance is a crossways so you can see 778 traded versus 160. the 778 
the 778 that traded here somebody hit the bid hit the bid and there was enough of a bid there or a reloading bid to generate 778 contracts that's pretty significant so that oh we have a sweep you see that it just swept 1,000 contracts so somebody's uh, stopped out just now Hey, Maura, can you switch the yeah. screen back to a uh, full screen? It's, it might be a little bit easier to see if you uh, sure. Let me put yourself back in the corner. That. There. Cool. Perfect. Okay, cool. So here, what happens here is we notice, so if you're scalping the order flow and balance right there at the 778 um, at 3780 bid, if you're, if you're scalping that imbalance, here's what you need to remember. Seeing that doesn't mean you should be long. Doesn't mean you should be short because they can he keep hitting it and it'll slip through, okay? And that might be what happened in this chart. But if it starts to turn up, once this is done, if it starts to turn up, you generate this kind of a move. So this is an imbalance down here. This imbalance actually started way down here. But you could see there's a, an imbalance there. There's a lifting imbalance there that ended up bringing us up here and now it's starting to squeeze and now you're they're lifting and lifting and lifting you can see there's a buy and balance green print green print green print and those are the kinds of things you're looking for as a an order flow and balance traders in order to go through the semantics and the details of how that works i'd have to spend another hour or two going through each example it's hard to catch but like it says here Pure order flow imbalances using a footprint or relative delta to determine when participants are positioned or leaning in a direction, but price doesn't play along. They're hitting, 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 but price is not dropping. And if price is not dropping, then a bunch of people, just imagine, put yourself in that position. Put yourself in a position of seeing that there's, oh, there's a bid there, and you hit the bid. You sell at market. Just you as a trader, you sell at market and it doesn't go anywhere. And you sell at market, and you sell at market, and you sell at market and it doesn't go anywhere. And then it starts to go up. What are you going to do? You're going to panic, right? You're going to lift. You're a weak hand in that case. And you're exploiting a scalp. An order flow scalp is exploiting that imbalance. And you're pushing against the crowd of people to go directionally opposite them. So if we see Delta falling dramatically while price stays, if price doesn't release, there's nothing to do. If price starts to move up, that's an opportunity to get, um, that's an opportunity to continue uh, to, to get in and take advantage of that short-term imbalance. Anyway, we're approaching our time and I haven't covered everything. The reality of what scalping seems like versus what it really is. Scalpers make it look easy, very much like the goalie example must be a master of their trading platform. You must be able to cancel orders or flip positions quickly and without hesitation. You gotta be constantly in the flow. It's like a video game. Keyboard trading is common. Every tick matters. A lot of people don't do keyboard trading. They might get an, uh, a, a, uh, a special keypad or a joystick. You could trade with a joystick. Some big traders I knew used joysticks and would program the buttons. Every tick matters, every click matters, every change to our setup matters, and every piece of news, correlation, whim, everything matters when you're a trader. That's the reality of scalping, okay? Scalping is very expensive. We'll look at that in a minute. Um, the toughest part 
There generally isn't a, a, a if-then-else approach to trading. Intuition is key, but intuition is generally not consistent over time. Intuition is key, but intuition is generally not consistent over time. It isn't because it depends on many factors, your mindset, your emotional uh, state. So emotional volatility is very common with scalping. It's really hard to regulate or understand what you're doing wrong when there is really no plan. Uh, when you're a scalper, there really isn't a plan. You're really relying on intuition. You're relying on muscle memory. Can we really tell if our intuition is clouded today or if it's in great shape? Can we really know if what we're seeing is true or not versus our expectations? This is the, these are the realities of uh, scalping. I'm not trying to discourage you, but this is what you need to be prepared for. The last slide, what you should know to have a chance at consistency, you have to have truly absolute and unquestionable discipline. We talked about that. Centered mindset and emotions, responding emotionally is fatal. Remember, emotions, 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 emotions. I talk about that a lot during this session. A tremendous amount of time in front of the markets. Watch every tick. Incontestable risk control. You cannot mess with your risk. It's, you, you got in. You expect immediate reaction. You didn't get an immediate reaction. You scratch it. You scratch the trade. Take a tick loss. You're out. Reassess and continue. Excellent infrastructure, including internet that has a low jitter factor, jitter reading, very low ping readings to the server, to the execution server, an area where uh, no distractions can exist. You can't be in the middle of a living room. A professional execution platform like um, Rhythmic or something like that. Uh, high computer specs. You can't have uh, a computer that's laggy or slow or has issues, hardware, software. A special cost structure with your broker, clear and exchange when possible. You know, someone like uh, uh, EdgeClear has an entire program where if you trade, um, if you trade with volume, then they would they would do an analysis. They would send you an analysis and recommend a membership, which we'll talk about. So there are other ways to to change your cost structure. Your cost structure should be lower if you're a scalper, because uh, your brokerage fees and clearing fees are based on your volume. Okay, let's look at the numbers here real quick. Here's a spreadsheet that I put together. So here are the assumptions. These are relatively conservative assumptions. We'll finish with this. The assumption is you're going to trade the ES. You can say the MES, but we'll say the ES because it's hard to make a living on the MES. The MES is a, is a product to um, refine our skills live without using a simulator. The product is the ES. Let's assume the number of trades per day, relatively low, 30 trades a day as a scalper is pretty, pretty low. Um, number of days per month, 21. There are 21 days in a month. So the number of trades per year are 7,560. If you consistently trade 30, uh, 30 trades per day, 21 days a month, 12 months a year, gives you 7,560 trades a day, uh, a year. Let's assume your unit size is three lots, pretty common, three lots, so three contracts. So the volume per month insides, so one, side, one round turn has two sides. One side is in, one side is out, a round trip is in and out, okay? So volume per month is around 4,000 sides, 3,780. 
Volume per year is about 45360 So now let's look at what it costs to be a scalper. Non-member pricing for the ES, the exchange fees are $1.28. The NFA fees are $0.02. Cents. You're, not, you're not a member. The, I used EdgeClear's commission structure for this uh, right off of their spreadsheet for this uh, or the, 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 their costing sheet, which you can have access through to on their website, edgeclear.com. The commission for that volume will be around $0.59 cents per side. So the cost per side is $1.98. Multiply that by two, and you would get your fee structure uh, per round trip, if that's what you're used to. Down here, what are your monthly fees? You're paying non-pro because you're a non-member. You're probably paying non-pro. You're trading the ES, so you're going to get one exchange, the CME exchange. That's around $11 for data. Okay. So your monthly cost all in is about $7,155 a month. For 30 trades a day, your cost is $7,155 a month. Quite insane, right? It's a lot. And the annual cost in the first year is $85,862. That's to break even, you need to make a salary that's uh, $85,000, okay? This is not factoring in the cost of your trading platform, transaction fees, um, and any other services you might use, okay? This is just purely trading. So 85,000 is the non-member. The second year, your cost will be the same. You're still paying the ex uh, exchange fees for data. You're still paying that commission on those trades, 85,000, okay? Leasing member, so now you wanna be a member of the exchange, but you don't wanna be a full member you want to be a leasing member in the IOM division. The IOM division of the CME covers the ES, NQ, RTY, and so on. If you want the YM, uh, it's under the Board of Trade, different, different animal. Um, uh, so complicated. But your fees for the exchange, you notice like the exchange gets the lion's share. So when you go beat up your broker, understand that your exchange is what gets the lion's share of the fees. Broker also has to pay clearing fees to your FCM, okay? And so when you're a leasing member, your rate goes from $1.28 per side to $0.49 cents per side. So $0.98 cents per round trip for a leasing member. You pay no NFA fees because you're a member of an exchange. You're not covered by the NFA. And then your commission, let's assume, stays the same, $0.59. Cents. So now it's $1.08 instead of $1.89. However, in order to get that lease membership, you have to pay $2,000 to apply and you have to pay $300 a month to lease an IOM seat at current prices. So these prices are all listed on the CME's website. Okay, so you can see the current membership prices. Here's, here's the IOM division. Right here, you can see it's about 300 bucks and there are, um, there are membership, and then the membership to buy it and membership, the last membership was sold for $37,500, right? And so, so I put that down here, $37,500. So let's look at the leasing membership, $2,000, $300 a month. But because you're a member, now you're a pro. So for that one exchange, now you're not going to pay $11. You're going to pay $110 to $125 for professional fees. Okay, there are no cheaper fees if you're a professional you're definitely a professional if you have a membership right 
So your monthly cost all in for, um, for the same volume is about $4,492. The first year, because you have to pay for the membership, it goes to 55908 The second year, 53000 because you don't have to pay that membership fee every year. Uh, but you have to pay the monthly lease. It goes to 53000 So it jumped down from 85862 to 53908 If you are a member, your fee goes down to $0.35 cents per side. So it becomes $0.94 cents per side. And then you pay a $2,000 application fee, and then you have to buy the seat, $37,500, right? But it drops the rate very low, and you're paying pro fees for your data. So it's $110 a month for your monthly costs is $3,663, which is about half of what a non-member pays. The first year, because you have to pay for that purchase, is $83,000. So it's about what it costs a non-member. But every ensuing year then, is approximately half of what a member pays at 43958 and you have this asset now you have the c that's uh traded on the open market and it's worth thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars currently maybe worth less or more but that's a long-term investment so this is how your cost structure breaks down for just 30 trades a day three lots per trade very, very expensive, and that's what I was talking about when I was discussing the cost, special cost. You have to go to your broker and request better prices and some help, uh, and I'm more than happy. You know, I'd love for you to, to talk to uh, the team here at EdgeClear or anyone at Convergent. Anyway, that's a lot to cover. We're nine minutes over our time. Are there any questions before we go? Because I know you just drank out of a fire hose and there's a lot to digest. I went, I went through some, some basic scalping approaches. I went through a couple of setups here and there. Um, but a lot of information about everything you need to consider to become or be a scalper. Let me know. Yeah, there's a, a few questions. First of all, guys, there's a lot of unrelated questions. So if you guys have anything that's non-related to the, to the topic that you um, really need to ask, leave a comment after the video and I'll get those answered for you. So just leave a comment on the video. We'll, we'll get back to you on that. Um, something a lot of people are bringing up is the bar type. So a lot of people have questions on, you had PNF bars on your footprint chart there. People are asking, yeah. is, you know, is there preference on bars or, you know, how does that work? Yeah, you'll notice that my charts don't use five minutes, one minute, 15 minute, 30 minute. I don't use time because time is not relevant. What I'm interested in is price and volume that goes with price. So I'm trading using price, volume, and I'm, I'm either displaying it as a volume profile, I'm displaying it as a point and figure chart or a Renko bar. Why? Because if the market doesn't move, I don't need more bars. It's not, there's nothing to read. Whereas with time, you know, I always say a time chart, the, the only thing a time chart really measures is the passage of time. Uh, I'm not interested in that. So I'm using in my point and figure chart and also my active trading chart, I'm using a point, um, I mean my order flow chart and in my active chart, I'm using a point and figure chart. For the S&P, it's one by eight. For the Russell, it's one by 12. For crude, it's one by 10, one being one tick. So that can be expressed in your trading platform as 0 0.25 by eight ticks. 
or one by eight ticks. It's sort of representing one tick. And what it'll do is it'll only create a new bar if there's been a reversal of eight ticks or more. So this keeps things condensed on the chart. If nothing happens, I get no bars. And that's how I like it. So it's easy to see, like I can see very quickly, here's the last low, here's a little bit of structure, a zipper. If it breaks through this zipper here, this low is likely to be broken. We're likely to go to the 68. Uh, once it takes out the 68, we have a little zipper down here. If the zipper breaks down here at 67, then the low is likely to go at 63.50. Those indications are about three to four points apart. Those could be scalps under certain conditions. Um, and then I have, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, if you're uh, an edge clear member or convergent member, you're, you, I, I share my templates, everything you see here, you can pull it to your platform as you see it. You can see there was a collision up here. There was a nice collision up here at uh, 86. So somebody tried to lift at that high. See that thousand lot? The thousand lot lifted. We saw that happen right here, 1,085.64. Thousand lot lifted, but we didn't get any real follow through. So now a whole bunch of people are sitting here going, okay, what happens next? It's like somebody threw a grenade in a room, you know? Are, are there people that are gonna run out of that room? Are, is anybody alive? Is it dead? Like the action itself doesn't determine, doesn't get a reaction from me. The action itself just says something has happened, watch out. And then the next step is to see what follows. And based on what follows, based on what follows, then we take an action, a reaction. So we lifted for a thousand lot. Clearly, the thousand lot was absorbed. Then we get this lower high against the last high. So as soon as the zipper gets broken, I'm looking for the break and the pullback. And the pullback happened right here. So the ideal entry price in retrospect is 82.75, 82.50 looking for it to flow to the downside on what premise the premise being somebody lifted a thousand and it didn't go it didn't do anything and then it put in a lower high it couldn't even challenge that high so it's likely to puke i need to see it i need to see the market flush i can't anticipate that flush and get into a trade that's very costly a lot of people trade that way because of fomo i need to see it flush and then i need to be very ready to trade the quick pullback from that flush. Those are low heat, uh, decent return trades. In my opinion, again, past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results, but this is what I see. For example, at the low here, we got 102 by nine. That's a weakish low. So now we're gonna challenge it. So look at that, there's an iceberg. Let's look at this on the heat map. There's a little iceberg there you see that see those dots i hope you guys can see those dots there there's a little fight here there's somebody bidding this price at 72.75 this this 130 lot here is reloading so somebody hit it so watch as we break through the 74 it can it'll likely push to 76 quickly or it's likely to take out that low see we just took out that low by a tick and there is no follow through. So now the, the shorts are vulnerable, short term. So there's a scalp long right here, 73 long, boom. Just got in 73 long, working 74 scale, 75 scale, looking for 76, right? Brings us back to the last high. 
So that would be a scalp right there. Just got filled 73, hypothetically, looking for 74, right? And so why? Because we hit that, we hit the bottom there multiple times and they're just not moving away. As soon as it starts to give that up, you close the trade, hopefully for a scratch or maybe a tick or two loss and you move on. You're not thinking about that trade anymore. It is a figment of the past. It is just part of the past. It doesn't matter. But you can see there's a battle in this area here and you have to pay attention to how that battle is playing out. Any other questions? Yeah. Could you give us a brief overview of like, what do you look at on the, at, on the Dom in real time? So we have a couple of questions about the Dom. Do you uh, keep track of how one side is stacked versus the other? If orders are pulling, um, what's your approach to just looking at the Dom? So if you look at the Dom here on edge pro X, you'll see that it's giving us the Delta. So there are 27,000 bid, 22,000 offered. The number in between is the difference. So there, that tells you something. In general, if the bids are higher than the offers, especially if they're way out of balance, market's likely to continue going down. The market likes to chase size. The market chases size all the time. But, but this information, a lot of this, and this DOM goes on forever, right? It's, it's an MBO feed, and I can see well past today's market. This is what comes with Rhythmic. Um, that, the, the DOM, it's not as meaningful as it used to be. So what am I looking at? I'm looking at any collisions that happen. And I can use a heat map. So I'm using this heat map to see where the collisions are. I can see there was a collision there. So this, this point here is going to act as immediate resistance, 75. right? But what I'm watching on the DOM is it's coming into an area an area that I predefined, whatever that is, right? So see how that collision happened there, and now we have another collision here. It's very common, 75. Um, so what I'm watching for is it goes to a level, like it might come to 73 and a quarter, and I want to see the 73 trade, boom, 100 lot trades, 40, 40, 40, and that size just keep coming in on the bid, that 140 lot becomes another 140 lot, becomes 60, becomes 180, becomes 20, becomes 90. And it tells me that there's a squeeze. See how this squeeze that we talked about a short while ago, how it's playing out. Uh, it's time of day makes it so that it plays out more slowly and there's more fluff. But I'm looking for collisions in the DOM. Back in the day, you used to have to remember where the collision is, but now all I have to do is look at my chart and see there was a collision here, there was a collision there, there was a collision there. Um, and, and those are the kinds of nuances. We're getting into the weeds here and we're way over our time. I wanted to keep this to an hour. Let's get to the next question and maybe we can make that the last question for today. Yeah, we're getting some questions on uh, the time and sales. Does the time and sales factor into any of your uh, decision making? Yeah, the time and sales is important. You'll see it on pretty much every chart. So when I turn on my active chart, you'll see the time and sales. It's filtered, but you'll notice the time and sales exists on every chart. Why? Because I want to quickly look back and see what the mode, what the mood is, right? So if I go back to how this reacted back here at 13.05 Chicago time, 13.05, I can see that 200 lot right there. It lifted. I don't, Right before it, 257 hit the bid, 200 lifted. 
what is the mo what is the mood after is there sustained buying no there's some buying some selling some buying some selling a little bit more buying some selling and then sellers come in the the tape really gives me an idea of what's not only what is happening what size is going through but it's telling me how the price is progressing so you look at these prices 7789 it's just it's just that's the vwap of that particular fill in other words it traded 78 and 77 75 and depending on the distribution of fills it gives me the 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 volume weighted average for that price very <laughs> very accurate um but uh, to an accuracy level that i don't need but it just tells me okay after that happened what happened next and and, and the tape is just kind of like a history it's not something i'm watching i'm not looking at Oh, 134 traded at 72 and a quarter. That's right here. I'm actually seeing 134, 72 and a quarter. What's next? Nothing. Nothing has happened. So there's no follow through on that buy order. I'm expecting this to continue to fall. Right? There's that's that's tape reading 101. Okay. Anything else? Um, I think that I think that pretty much covers it, guys. We could again, go on you forever. can leave a. Yeah, we'll be here all day. Guys, leave a comment if you guys want to comment anything. I'll get back to you or we'll we'll find you an answer. And again, if you enjoyed the session, definitely hit the like button. It helps us out a lot. Yeah, very cool. I really hope it's – I know a lot of people come in looking for me to trade live on scalps and stuff, and we, we can do that, but you're not going to learn a thing. It's like watching a person – throw a football and you're they're just throwing a football it, it you're not learning anything you don't understand what went into it so we're covering this so that you can be a much better informed trader and can make better decisions that are more sustainable in the long run right so but i also wanted to show some specific examples i will wanted to talk about approaches and strategies to scalping and i also wanted to show some um platform examples like live examples as much as possible but you know much easier during fed day uh than today but i'm hoping you walk away understanding the business a little bit better and understanding what goes into it this is a business it's a job and you have to treat it as such hopefully you gain something today i welcome you as a member and i know many members convergent members uh long-term loyal convergent members are here today listening but I welcome you as a member to Convergent Trading. Again, the link is go to ct.pro forward slash join. Uh, I would recommend you take a month at least and just go through everything. We don't have a trial. Uh, so if you're thinking of asking about a trial, we don't have a trial because we don't, we show you everything as soon as you join. So you get access to all the webinars, all of the content. So we can't have a trial. Good luck. Thank you, Landau, for uh, helping me out, and I'll catch you all at the next show. Take care.